You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm excited to have Maureen Plamen today with us. And we're going to talk about Inside Out, building a human brand. Maureen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asher. Thanks so much for having me. I feel like I've been here before, but it must just be because I've listened to so many of your podcasts. Hey, this is a warm and homely place for us, right? Even though it's virtual and it, there's no one place where we can go congregate, but this is home for all of us, right? And and and, and uh, it's a testament to what we've started, and which is a building a virtual community of executives. So thank you for joining us today. So let's start with helping our audience learn a little bit more about you. So can you share how you got to where you are? Sure. So I'm currently the vice president of marketing at Alignable, which is a social referral network uh, that was built exclusively for small business owners. It's where over 6 million small business owners feel at home. They come and they connect, they share best practices, and ultimately they share referrals and, and uh, grow their business. So I know this is hard for you to believe since I'm only 29, but um, I have over 25 years experience in all facets of marketing. I like to say that I'm a career marketer because it's all I've ever done and I love doing it. I've worked for both small and large organizations, mostly focused on tech and services. My sweet spot is really helping organizations either go public, get funding or investment or get acquired. So the brand conversation really becomes so much more important in those types of situations. I'm also a really strong believer that you should build your brand from the inside out. And by creating exceptional employee experiences, you really create exceptional customer experiences. And that really validates the authenticity of your brand. Superb. So I know for folks that are aspiring or aspiring marketers like myself, right? And and folks that are not aspiring marketers at all, right? Anytime the word brand comes into the conversation, everybody just thinks of like wasted time, right? And as I've learned over the years to appreciate the importance of a brand, the importance of values, and, and these things matter, right, in the real world. But the definition of what a brand strategy, I think is one of those nebulous things that it's like something different to everybody else. So I'd love to get your idea of what is a brand strategy? Sure. And, you know, let me just, I'll start back a little bit further, just if you indulge me for a minute. Um, yep. You know, I've always been a marketer that believed you should tell your brand story through the eyes and the voice of your customer. Incorporate customers as much as you can into your marketing. I've worked at companies where we've had customer councils and we've asked customers, you know, to give us feedback on messaging, on, on product features. Um, when I ran the customer marketing team at Constant Contact, I worked very closely with uh, the customer experience team, not only to get customer feedback and incorporate it into what we were doing, but to validate what we were doing through customer satisfaction scores, through net promoter scores. I've also worked for HR technology companies whose value prop was creating exceptional employee experiences to help mitigate things like talent shortages. 
Those two worlds really came together for me. So the, the importance of, of the brand focusing on employee and customer. Um, when I was heading up marketing at a, um, actually marketing customer success at Meteorix, which was a workday uh, implementation partner, we had a really aggressive exit strategy and we were building the company from the ground up at scale. And because we were a service organization, it became even more important to create exceptional employee experiences so that our employees would then carry those brand values forward to our customers. Doing this really put us on the map with analysts, with Workday, um, and with customers. So when you think about your brand strategy, that's really about um, defining what you stand for as a company. It's the promise you make. It's, it's that personality that, that you show. Think of it as a blueprint, really, for how you show up uh, in the world. It, it's, it includes you know, your images you use, the messages you deliver, the way your company values and communicates with your employees, the way your employees then interact with your customers, how your customers' opinion of you, versus, you know, varies versus your competition, so kind of all of those things. And I think that when you start thinking about your brand strategy, what becomes important is to put your best, your best self forward kind of like you would do when you're getting to know someone. You look for things that you might have in common, you learn what's important to your audience, you share your personality and you share your human side. And I think there's really, there's kind of three, at a high level, there's three areas you'd focus on. You focus on putting your customers and your employees at the center of your strategy. You get your entire organization involved and you create emotional connections by being human. I love that the last point because a lot of people are kind of like chasing the exit and and in doing so they don't think about the brand but if even if they think about a brand they think about it in a very tactical manner uh like how many leads ops deals that i'm going to get out of this and then the whole point of the brand is actually to have those connections and then you can only make really meaningful connections if you connect at an emotional level with people and you provide that psychological safety, right? So I love that you, you, you said that. I would love to like unpack that a little bit later as well. But, but where do you start with all this stuff? Yeah, great question. So you start by um, putting your customer and your employees at the center of that strategy. So, and you have to really find out what's important to them. And a great way to do this, or ways that I've used in the past, is design thinking. So for anyone that doesn't know, design thinking is really a process for creative problem solving. It really is human-centric at the core, and it pushes you to really think about who you're creating things for. So the way you would use design thinking to get to know your customers, or, or something I've done in the past, is I've created empathy maps. So I brought a team together in some sort of collaborative online environment, online these days, it could have been in person exactly. uh, in other times. Um, but online, I've used tools like Mural. Um, and you challenge the, your, challenge your, your colleagues, your, your customers, your employees to really get into the minds, the hearts and minds of your customers. You, use, you can use a quadrant style grid, and then you iterate um, on what your target audience thinks, says, does, and feels. And by able to be getting in this mindset, this really then helps you pull out what's important and it informs the creation of your brand identity and your key messages. And obviously you're taking this in stride with maybe some feedback you've got from your employees yeah. or, or from your customers. But this really helps center you um, and really, and really um, again, kind of be that, find that really human-centric point. Superb. And I also want to make sure that the, because our audience is global. Some folks may understand brand strategy and then they may know design thinking, but bring them two together 
because you know design thinking almost always is thought of as a tool to create a product right and and even though a brand is hard work like you have to be very intentional about it most people don't make the connection right how much time does on average this exercise take and and how should some people think about giving it enough time or do you need to do this in sprint style love to get your yeah, I mean, I think that it depends, obviously, what goal you're working towards from a time perspective. Are you re rebuilding a whole brand? Are you starting fresh? Um, but I think that it's something that, um, you know, depending on how much access you have to your customers and getting some of that feedback and research to start with, that kind of sets you up in a good spot. Um, but I think that the design thinking piece of it doesn't take that long. I think it's making sure you get the, your audience comfortable with being in that kind of environment and, and really getting in the mindset and being creative. Um, and then it's really, you know, brainstorming, taking those ideas, shaping it, synthesizing it with the feedback that you have, um, maybe doing a little bit more feedback with, with clients. Um, so, you know, not, I think you, you're not looking uh, for everyone to give you the exact answer, but you're using them all together. And, and so one of the things, at least that I've been taught in when deploying this is don't skip steps, right? You can go fast, you can go slow, but skipping steps can ultimately get you to the wrong point. And, and, and for the folks that are listening to this, again, I just want to encourage everybody that be a little intentional about this because this is not a rush exercise, even though the organization may want you to do this as a rush exercise for different reasons, it's not a rush exercise, which leads me to the next point, which is how do you get your organization in? Yeah, and it's ext that's extremely important to do so. Um, you know, there's a few different ways. Again, communication, and I think there there's a point to getting your organization involved as you're forming this new brand and forming this identity. But then there's also the point of communication where you then share with them what the brand identity is. So I think starting with getting them involved, I've done a lot of surveys. We literally just asked our employees a few weeks ago to tell us what they thought of our brand in three words. And I asked our customers to do the exact same thing, what, what they think it is today and how they want it to evolve in the future. And then we were able to compare some of those and, and see where the similarities were. And then that would help us, that helped us with our brand identity. Um, we also asked our employees to tell us when examples of when the organization is at its best. Those are the moments that we want to make sure we're working into the things that we're saying as you're building your you know, brand for external and for, and for your employer brand as well. I think um, other things to think about is partnering with HR. So marketing doesn't create this in a bubble, right? You're, you're talking to your employees, you're talking to customers, but you're talking to your HR team. And as you're agreeing on values and things with your organization, the HR team, you want to make sure they're bringing in the right people that really amplify this um, or this brand and, and these brand values. I think at the end of the day, when you think about it from an employee perspective, you want people, both employees and customers, you want them to wear your shirt, right? To carry the bag with your logo. So you really have to, to live the brand. And so it starts also at the exec level, making sure that we're leading by example, and that goes throughout the whole organization. And then I think at that point, like I said, once you've kind of defined those key messages, you have the values, um, you've got the buy-in from the organization, you're communicating back to say, here's how we show up. Here's how we talk. Here's how our images look. Um, I think it's important to create brand advocates within your organization, people that are going to be some of those brand police that, you know, making sure people aren't posting things and, um, and kind of being off brand. Super interesting. As you were saying this, it took me back to the time when we were building this company called Avalara. And in a sea 
of ERP companies and you were at Workday, so in Workday, or you were involved with something in the Workday space and Workday yeah. financials as well, right? So, so in a, in, in this, this story is, I think, like 10, 12 years old. And we would go to these trade shows and in a, a sea of boring, you know, finance colors like red and blue and purple and, you know, all this other stuff, right? We, our color was orange. And all of our execs would wear orange. And everybody was so fascinated with this bright color because as you were walking into the trade show floor, you could see this, like, one, our booth looked like a a Hawaiian destination because it had all the trees (laughs) and stuff. And then, two, everybody wore wore orange, right? And so the reason I'm telling the story is, is you do all this amazing work and then you don't live or as, as we used to call ride for the brand, right? And, and, and it does not come to life. And all the hard work that you did before kind of got nowhere because lo- it's just like launching a product, right? You have to launch the brand as well, uh, but it can be done in a, in a super fun way. And then when the execs are all bought in and they live and write for the brand themselves, it has this like snowball effect on the organization. And we got to a point, by the way, uh, and this is the only company that I've worked at which actually got to this point where my own wardrobe was 75% orange yeah. <laughs> because we worked so hard to like build this thing and launch this thing out. So right. I, I, it's, true, it's, it's so true what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, so orange is a great color and I actually would like to be in that Hawaiian area that you just, that you just described. But I think one other point is that, um, you know, as you're putting this brand together and, um, and you're doing some of the identity work and the research, it, it's also important to understand, is there the appetite for this type of personality, right? So if, if everyone, you know, hated orange or if, if, if it was, you know, if people thought it was too flashy, maybe they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't accept it, right? So, so I think making sure you're doing that homework up front. Yes, Extre- extremely great point because um, I, would, I also think that a lot of this has to come from the CEO too, and and I know sometimes CEOs take this a little lightly, but it's actually not true. Like like they they'll 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 come around to like values, and I see more and more CEOs doing that. But then the 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 manifestation of your values are your brand, right? So at least that's how I think about it. And then they won't put the right effort into the creating the brand, not realizing that you know in today's world, companies will literally buy a product because they're like they have a cooler brand. Like I've literally seen heard this on on phone calls myself. Yeah. It's the emotional connection right there. That's yes. exactly good. Really good segue. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's like it's it's this crazy. I mean, if you think about it, it's crazy that like somebody would say, "Well, I'm going to buy this ERP software because I think that's a cooler brand," right? Like, like, like you yeah. would not hear this stuff. Like, I, I think agreed, agreed. Well, especially today, just given the, the online world that we live in. But but it does. It, it is a nice segue to the importance of making an emotional connection. Yeah. Um, you know, emotional connections, they determine the strength and length of customer relationships. They drive passion, loyalty, advocacy. I read recently that 80% of buyers with high emotional engagement will promote a brand and 70% of emotionally engaged buyers spend up to two times more. So making, so there's, there's the way to right there to, to um, show the value to, to the, to the C-suite, right? Um, those types of things really show that it's just important to make a connection. Um, you know, I think you as a brand, you identify the challenge that your audience is going through and you help them solve it. You make them the hero. You really want to educate them and um, and get them to trust you that, you that you help them and want them to succeed. Being authentic is a huge way to create emotional connections. Um, you know, 
I think that no matter if you're a B2B or if, you're, if your clients are B2B uh, or B2C, you're still talking to people. And that's what I think sometimes people forget and, and organizations forget. Um, you need to speak human. Use your voice uh, in your content, uh, in your ways of engaging. Make it interesting. Um, less about you and more about them. So I like to say serve first. Don't talk about your product or service. Kind of talk about that challenge and, and how you can help them. Um, another good example is just being transparent and showing your um, creating brand advocates. But also what I hear a lot from customers is they want to see what's going on behind the scenes. They want to know the story of how did you get started, right? So in this particular case at Alignable, it's very applicable because they're small business owners. But I think that's across the board. Customers kind of want to know who are the employees that, that are working on um, their products or services at my uh, company now. Our, um, our employees are made up of small business owners, uh, friends and family of small business owners, entrepreneurs, and that really is important to our customers. So we're starting to show them more in our brand, um, making them the face of the company. Another great example is we uh, started a campaign called My Money Stays Local, and our employees go to small businesses that they love and we take their picture. And it just really shows that as a company, we truly walk the talk and we support small businesses, not just with our services, but actually with our dollars. Great advice pieces. And if somebody likes to uh, read, uh, I'm more of a listener. <laughs> and and I would actually go make the mistake and learn from experienced folks like yourself, even though you're only 29, as we already established <laughs> in, this, in, in, the, in this podcast. But, but somebody uh, recently just told me about this book called Utility by Jay Bear. And, and it hits home the point that you made about serving others first and then pulling them in. Uh, uh, does, does a fantastic job. And uh, so if there are readers out in our audience, you should definitely go take a take a read, read of that book. I guess... One thing that I've heard in like execs that are not like brand centric or marketing centric, right? They're always think about, hey, how do I measure this stuff, right? And I know there's some evidence around, as you already shared, right? Like people that are connected to your brand uh, buy spend two times more, right? And but but there's no tools out there that can like you can do attribution to it, right? And so so it's it's a, it's a journey that like other execs have to be open to and accepting of. And what are your thoughts around that? And how have you helped other people like accept this and work towards it? Yeah. So, I, you know, marketing always should be focused on the metrics, right? That's how we that's how we earn our seat at the uh, at the table. Um, so I think from a brand perspective, there's a few things. If you have a budget, right, if, if there's a, a there's big dollars behind you, do a brand study before and after, right? Um, not everyone has those types of budgets. So there's a lot of other things you can do. And it's depending on the, what's important and, and kind of what are the objectives and, and key results you set up for your organization. Um, but you could do things like tracking your social social reach, track mentions, track sentiment, do surveys before and after, um, look at MPS your MPS score, how willing are people to refer you. That's going to be uh, a direct result of how they feel as a customer, how they feel as your brand. Um, look at conversions on your website before and after, before you kind of started this project. Are, are the people that are coming now converting at a higher rate because they already know you when they get to your site? Um, other things like number of customers that are willing to do testimonials for you. If, if you are really living your brand and your customers are happy because of that, they're going to speak on your behalf. Um, employee feedback is another one. And then one that we use a lot is just inbound PR requests. So the fact that we're not just pitching 
um, the media, but now they're coming to us and asking us um, to comment on things because they, they know us and they know our brand and they know what we stand for. People yes. can pick and choose what's important yes. to their organization. Yep. Yep. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, I did not think about inbound PR requests, but if you're getting inbound PR requests for your company to represent some on some topic, I think you've hit it. You don't even need to do any other study because yeah, you just go home after exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't need to do anything else. The, 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 like you're getting inbound, right? And inbound of any kind is is, uh, is is great. I remember we did a a a brand promotion to uh, through NPR. We spent seven figures on just helping people understanding. And this is the same company, Avalara, um, uh, from back in the day. And we put put our ads on on uh, NPR. And and it was bucket and awareness. And the problem was the employees could not explain to their parents and their family what they did. And this is like, like everybody thought this like this ma massive like, like, like campaign to get lead gen, but this was actually uh -huh. solving a problem that like people can't even tell uh, like other people like who they work for. So we just gotta go solve that, right? And, <laughs> and, so, and sometimes these things are important. And, and, uh, uh, and, and, the, and the result of that was like, the employees were so happy that, they're, that they were like, like, like uh, they had something to point to, that a resource, they had like, like these commercials would come on and uh, you know, we all know, you and I would not listen to NPR, uh, but <laughs> but there are people that do. And again, this story is like 10, 12 years old. Uh, right. So, so great. Okay. Um, this, this, this is great. So you, what you've shared with us today is what is a brand strategy? How do you think about it? How do you start? Why is it important to take concepts from things like design thinking and bring them in? Because it's a framework that allows you to, to create one and iterate on it. Um, why is it important to get your organization involved? Because just like everything else, like the organization has to take this step forward. And then why is it important to create an emotional connection? Because you could do all this amazing work and then miss out on the connection and that all that work was not landed then. So I think that this is a, the, one of the goals of this podcast is to make things actionable. And this is a fantastic way of thinking about it. So thank you for, for sharing uh, your experience with us. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to happy to be here. It was fun. Yeah. So maybe for on one uh, when we launch this uh, podcast on LinkedIn, we will ask you to give us a small, like even if it's like hand drawn, uh, empathy map, right? Sure. Uh, and then and then we'll put that as a picture, and and then and then tag other people in it because I think they may want to want to get because I don't know about empathy map until until you just shared it with me. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a fun exercise that gets people thinking and uh, the results are, are usually spot on. Superb. All right. Well, that covers this, the main part of the, the podcast. Um, we always ask people to recommend three other folks who think, think that are brilliant in go-to-market or data science, because it's part of this podcast is, is you. And then as you go on, you leave your legacy with us. And so that's how like we've gotten through 165 of these and we're going to do 540 of the, these this year. So it's it's truly a little bit of a home. Great. Yeah, happy to. Um, so Mary Krogan is the VP of marketing at uh, salary.com. She uh, has a really strong product marketing background. Um, uh, John Angeli is a sales executive at IBM. He, him and I worked very closely together and he can really speak to the importance of sales and sales and marketing, uh, being connected and going to market together. He also likes to think he's a marketing director. So, uh, nice. he might want to give you some tips on how to market your podcast. Nice. Um, 
And then Erica Ayat is the VP of Customer Success at Privy, another just great colleague um, that uh, really knows her stuff. Superb. Well, we'll we will definitely give them a virtual shout out when we launch this uh, this podcast. And once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for educating us. And if there are folks uh, that want to reach out to you, uh, what would be the best way for them to connect with you if they have questions? Sure. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love talking about brand and storytelling. Can do it all day long. So happy to answer any questions. Superb. I feel like there's an empathy map masterclass coming soon. You know? <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> well, once again, Maureen, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us and best of luck in your journey. Thank you, Asher. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.